What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. As you can imagine, we've got a lot to get into tonight. So I appreciate you guys all being a part of the show. Uh, the regular season is in the books. Only thing left now in front of the Lakers is the playing tournament. I know people are ready. Hey, let's talk about Memphis, Lakers, Sunday. How about we just get through the playing tournament? Uh, looking forward to break down a little bit of uh, this matchup against the Timberwolves tomorrow. Um, get a chance also to talk about – I want to spend a little time kind of recapping the season. Not too much, but just some areas that I think is important to recognize as we get to the playing tournament, how the Lakers started out 2-10. and 10. Um, Also, some of these other playoff matchups, specifically in the Western Conference, kind of interesting. I think it's going to be an exciting West. Uh, I think you have a, a number of teams that have a shot that could come out of the Western Conference. And then Alan Horton, who does the play-by-play radio for the Minnesota Timberwolves, will join us in about a half hour. He's come on a few different times during the season for the pregame show. I thought a uh, perfect time to have him on uh, today to talk about what the heck is going on in Minnesota. Still can't really understand these uh, last 24 hours for the Timberwolves, uh, but not our problem. All we got to do is take care of our own business. So the matchup set tomorrow for the play-in, we know that. Um, Lakers ended up finish the se- finishing the season 43-39. and 39. They were 33-49 and 49 last season, if you guys uh, remember. Obviously, a significant improvement there. I mean, heck, when they started out 2-10, and 10, I-, I know a lot of Laker fans, including myself, I'm like, well, looks like nothing's going to change. Um, so the entire year, the Lakers were obviously trying to climb back. They take on a Minnesota Timberwolves team that I can't really understand what exactly you know happened in these last, uh, like I mentioned, 24 hours. But I know Rudy Gobert, he's not going to be playing, not making the trip to L.A. Jaden McDaniels, he's not going to be playing. Um, two of the best defenders on their team, but they still got obviously Anthony Edwards. They got Anthony Edwards. They got Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley, a nice player as well, a veteran that's been in this league for a long time. So we'll get into the Minnesota Timberwolves. But tomorrow, 7 p.m. Crypto.com Arena pregame show will start at 5:30. Uh, should be a fun matchup at uh, at Crypto.com. Um, you know, it, it's interesting when you look back at what was the changing point of this season. We just watched the Lakers or listened to the Lakers for 82 games. Plus we had the six preseason games. So we got a chance to see, all right, what, what is this Lakers team? And it feels like they had a few different seasons within a season. And that had to do with injuries that had to do with players in that had to do with players out that had to do with, um, and I'm talking about star players in and out of the lineup And then it had to do with, obviously, the most important date, in my opinion, for the Los Angeles Lakers this year. It was that trade deadline. Um, You know, Lakers, when you start a season out 2-10, and you're not really expecting all that much to change. The Lakers tried climbing back all season long just to get back to 500. And they did it within this last, what was it, week and a half or so, two weeks at the most. Um, they finished the season out 43-39. and 39. And I'm going to throw a date at you guys, and I think most of you guys remember the date. The trade deadline was February 9th. The Lakers made a deal for Rui Hachimura two weeks before the trade deadline. And then the day before the trade deadline, they made another move. That was the move that Malik Beasley, um, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell all became Lakers. 
And then the the day of is when they traded uh, for Mo Bamba as well. This was right before the trade deadline had expired on February 9th. That is the, the, the difference of the Lakers season. And I know some people are going to say, oh, no, it's because LeBron came back and he's healthy. Or it's no, 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 Anthony Davis came back and he's healthy. You're not wrong when you make that argument, but I watched a lot of basketball over the last year and a half, two years now, where the Lakers had LeBron James, they had Anthony Davis, and they also had Russell Westbrook. And the Lakers were not going anywhere with those three. So it's not like when those three played together, they were unstoppable. And the only reason why the Lakers were having trouble is because those three weren't playing together. That certainly wasn't the case this year. The changing point of the Lakers season was that trade deadline. They went 18-8 and to finish up the year. 18-8. and If you start the season out, if the Lakers had to, you know, got an opportunity and they had this core of guys and they had this group and Austin Reeves continuing to develop, Dennis Schroeder, you know, knowing his role and what he needs to do, and then all these new guys that you brought in that have been contributing for the Lakers – um, if you started the season 18-8, and eight, you're probably first or second place in the Western Conference, and you're just going from there. Okay, what can we do? By the way, in that 18-8 and eight stretch, LeBron James didn't play 13 games. D'Angelo Russell missed eight or nine games, somewhere along those lines. Um, AD missed two games because of back-to-backs. So it's not even like they've had everybody there, and, and they have all this great continuity. I mean, Braun came back and played the final eight games of the season. Nobody really thought that was going to happen. They thought, man, he's probably going to come back the final week. Will he make it in time for the play-in? Will he have some time to play with some of his guys? The answer is yes, he did get time. And at least over this stretch of games, AD's looked healthy. Braun has looked healthy. That doesn't mean that they're perfect. That doesn't mean that I'm sure there isn't bumps and bruises like anyone playing in the NBA at this time of the year, I'm sure there's a lot of bumps and bruises. But 18-8 and eight over those final 26 games. And the reason why I keep harping on it, um, I, I want to give credit to where I think credit is due. And where credit is due is that front office and Rob Palenka changed the Lakers season before February 9th, period. These last couple of years, the Lakers, yes, uh, Anthony Davis, I think, played 40 games last year, 36 in the year prior. And I want to say that year that he played 36, there was only 72 games. I think I could be off by a little bit. Uh, but that was coming off the, the COVID season, so they had to adjust everything. Um, the season was changed right at that trade deadline. And again, you give credit where credit is due. And I give a lot of that credit to Rob Palenka in that front office because what the Lakers now have is they have a shot. And that's all you can ask for. And what's going to happen in tomorrow's game is if the Lakers team that we've got a chance to watch here over this stretch of the last, let's say, month and a half, if it's that team that comes out and if it's that team that seems to have, all right, you don't have to depend all on just LeBron James. Okay, AD can give you 30 and 15 and three blocks and two steals. But if AD doesn't have it going or throwing a double, Austin Reeves can get you 25. And D'Angelo Russell can dish out 10 dimes and have 18 or 20 points or whatever the case is. And Malik Beasley can come in off the bench and hit threes. And Vanderbilt knows his whole role. And Wenyon does. And Troy Brown this, that. You kind of go through the whole thing. They have just a shot 
at, at hanging with any team in the Western Conference. Now you got to get through this first game in the play-in, and I'm, I'll talk a little bit about how I don't want people to overlook that. I, I felt like today, you know, doing the show with Trav, um, there was a little bit of, oh, yeah, tomorrow it's done. It's over. Okay, I get it. I get the confidence. I get why Laker fans or other people should be confident about that game tomorrow. However, it's not like you're just going to show up to work and they're going to hand you the win and say, all right, cool, we'll just go back to Minnesota and then hope to get the number eight seed. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case for tomorrow. Not to say that I don't think the Lakers aren't going to win. I do think they're going to win, but I think there's a game to be played and and we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Um, But for as much... As we have looked at the trade that the Lakers made a year and a half ago, and as much as we looked at um, what Palenka and the front office and their responsibility of bringing Russell Westbrook in and how much it didn't work, and when the season was over, that you started this season with him as well, and we had to wait all the way till right to the eve of uh, the trade deadline to move on from that contract and to get some players in, Okay, maybe the timing wasn't perfect. We know that that trade didn't work out when they did it um, a year and a half ago or almost two years ago now. But I'm also going to give credit where I feel like credit is due. And the Lakers are sitting here today, 18-8 and in their last 26 games. And it's not just because of LeBron James. And it's not just because of Anthony Davis. It's because there was a move, a couple moves that were made right before the deadline and those moves are the reason why the Lakers are sitting where they're sitting at today. Um, yes, if Anthony Davis is not there for a big stretch of those games, we're probably not even talking about it, but I go back to it. I saw LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ play together for a long time. It didn't look like anything was going to change. So you got the proper pieces. You got the right role players. You got another playmaker in D'Angelo. And now let's see if the Lakers can go handle some business tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, quick shout-out here. As always, a proud partner of Lakers Talk, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, I will be there tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. when they open, and I will get my service done. Why? Because it only takes about 15 minutes. Uh, Top-notch service, professionals everywhere you look, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. In about 15 minutes, you can visit SoCalOilChange.com to get all your information where their locations are. Okay. I want to spend a little time on this when we come back. So tomorrow the Lakers got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I want to spend a little time on what the Lakers have to make sure they do to walk away with tomorrow and get, I think, what's going to be Wednesday off, Thursday off, Friday off, Saturday off, and then play whoever or play the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday, what they need to do to assure themselves a W tomorrow. And I also want to talk about some things over the last week that was not good basketball from the Los Angeles Lakers. And I hope that was just getting to the finish line and that's not something that will um, that will present itself at any point tomorrow. So we'll do that. Uh, I mentioned Alan Horn's going to come on at 7.30. If you're out driving around and you want to be a part of Lakers talk, or you're listening on the app, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. I'll take some of your phone calls as well, um, and we'll uh, start talking about this matchup tomorrow. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, Lakers uh, in the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow. You know, one of the things that I respect so much about the Timberwolves right now at the end of the season is their cohesiveness. I mean, what great chemistry walking into the playing tournament. What the heck was that yesterday? What was going on over there? And by the way, what's crazy, and if you don't know, I'm sure everybody knows, but uh, Rudy Gobert serving a one-game suspension. So he's expected to return if the Wolves lose to the Lakers and play another playing game. Um, Or if they beat the Lakers, then they would play that 2-7 matchup. They'd get uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and he'd be there. Um, I'm surprised actually that this is what the Minnesota Timberwolves have decided. I thought, you know, in a lot of situations like this, first off, idiotic from Rudy Gobert. Okay, I'm not telling you that, you know, Woj has a little bit more details of what was said, that Gobert had no intent of hurting Kyle Anderson, but Gobert called him the B word repeatedly. Okay, all that stuff. Fine. I don't, I, I understand it. You don't want to be disrespected. Gobert, wait till halftime. Go into the locker room where there's no cameras and there's nobody there and go do whatever the hell you need to do. To do it right in front of the cameras on the final day of the regular season where everyone, the most meaningful game by far was the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. That was the game that was going to determine some seeding. That was the game that was going to determine who the Lakers were going to play if the Clippers and the, uh, and the Golden State Warriors took care of business. It was idiotic. So I, I, I don't really have – I have no defense for it. For some people say, well, I'm okay, I get it, because he said this. I'm sure guys are running their mouths all the time. Don't put yourself in that position. Jaden McDaniels punching a wall on his way to the locker room at halftime. All right, now he's out. So a couple of these moves for the Minnesota Timberwolves, I, I, can't, I can't make any sense of it. But what it does do, it does clearly benefit the Lakers for tomorrow. And the Lakers already are playing good basketball, already have home court advantage. Um, so the Minnesota Timberwolves, let's just say, have dug themselves a hole out of sheer stupidity. I don't have another way to explain it here. I'm just trying to be honest here. That is idiotic of what Gobert and what Jaden McDaniels did yesterday. They both will not be in the game tomorrow. Um, I have th- this is my one concern for tomorrow. My one concern. First off, you get to the finish line. You finally got there. You grinded through 82 games. You know what your reward is through 82 games, and you ended up 18 and eight over the final 26 games, and you actually ended up four games over 500. And I know some people say, okay, that's not quite an accomplishment that they're four games over 500. Trust me, this year, I think a lot of people are surprised that they ended up four games over 500. But your reward after doing all that is cool. You have 36 hours and then another game coming up against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Lakers did not get much of a reward like other teams did, and that's fine. It came down to the game against the Clippers. If you beat the Clippers, you would have, uh, you know, got, what, eight days off or something along those lines, and you got to avoid the playing tournament. That was not in the cards for the Lakers. 
and even finishing 18-8, and eight, it wasn't enough to avoid the playing tournament. My concern for tomorrow is um, Lakers have been lackadaisical for the last week, period. They got lucky when they beat the Utah Jazz in Utah, and they had to go to overtime in that game. They came back the next night, were clearly tired against the Clippers, and I respect their their hustle and down 19 and down 21 and fighting, all that stuff. Great. Um, they hurt themselves by losing that game against the Utah Jazz. They had zero interest of in playing the Phoenix Suns on Friday, and they had zero interest of in playing the Utah Jazz on Sunday, who were missing every important player that you could possibly think of. Both of those teams missed um, – they sat They sat them all. They had no interest. The Jazz have no interest in winning any more games, and the Suns clearly are just waiting for the postseason to start. The last week of Lakers basketball was not good basketball. And if you want to try to justify this, that's fine. You could do that. And, and I think the Lakers are going to be fine tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but it's not like they did what the Golden State Warriors did yesterday and said, cool, we have a chance Let's end this game as soon as possible against the Portland Trailblazers. Let's not let them hang around, and then let's call it a day, and let's not play with our food is, I I think, the best way to describe it. The Lakers, on the other hand, play with their food all the time, and they've they've done two things here. One thing they've done is in big games like the game at Minnesota a week and a half ago, they have demoralized teams – and they go out there. I know it took them a half. Then they were down 13 in the third quarter. But then they hit a point where the defense just completely took over. And they ripped the hearts out of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that was the difference of the Lakers hosting this game tomorrow than having to go to Minnesota. But for a game like that where they just dominated, that game against the Pelicans in New Orleans a couple weeks ago where they dominated big games like that, they've also had some clunkers where it's like, all right, are we just going to – do we have no interest in this game until there's six minutes left and then they're going to pull away and end up winning by 8, 10, 12 because they know the talent is there? The answer is yes. That's what they did basically over the last week minus that Clippers game where they were down 19 at halftime and were basically playing from behind the entire way. The Lakers have a better team than the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't question that the Lakers can't handle business tomorrow. Um You just want to make sure that, you know, right out the gate tomorrow, it's not one of those, all right, well, it's actually Minnesota that set the tempo and they're up six or seven by the time the first quarter is done. Or by the time you get to halftime, it's a two-point game and Minnesota's feeling more and more confident. Like, guys, we're kind of hanging in here. Even with not having a couple of our main guys, we're hanging around. We have an opportunity to win this game. You don't want to walk into the fourth quarter and it's a one possession ball game and you know you're not giving that crypto.com arena you're not giving that crowd an opportunity to just erupt anthony edwards can drop 35 any night carl anthony towns can drop 35 any night mike conley is a veteran point guard that's been in this position a lot of times so the lakers clearly have more talent are playing better basketball as of late um have i think all the pieces you need to handle business tomorrow And there's a clear, clear advantage for the Lakers. If they win tomorrow, like I said, you're not playing another game until Sunday. And for a team like them, I I wonder too, is there any – they've been basically playing must-wins for the past 30 days. 
I wonder if there's any fatigue that sets in. You didn't get a chance to kind of take a deep breath. It was like, all right, you played the game on Sunday, and then it's a quick turnaround. You had the game on Friday. You had back-to-back when you played Tuesday and Wednesday and a game on Sunday before. Lakers have been just stockpiling these games over these last couple of weeks. You don't want to see them run into a game tomorrow where the fatigue sets in a little bit or that shooting that you depend on isn't going or AD gets a couple quick fouls on Carl Anthony Towns. Um it's there. There is scenarios to where this is a game in the fourth quarter. I don't believe it's just step on the floor tomorrow, and the Minnesota Timberwolves have no interest. Now, do I think the Lakers are going to win the game? I do. Um, I just hope the version that we saw of the Lakers in that big game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, where they just literally demoralized that team. I hope that's the type of team that we see, rather than the team that we saw in this last week that in many of these possessions, it's like, all right, I don't know what they're going to get. They're going to play defense. They're not going to play defense. They're going to go on a 6 nothing run, but then they're, they're going to allow the other team to go on a 10-2 run. Um, and they were doing that against a lot of backups. Uh, I think they'll be ready tomorrow. I really do. Just uh, I hate when people just want to turn the page so quick and say, all right, that's not going to be a game tomorrow. Uh, I hope the Lakers don't approach it that way. Let's put it that way. Uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner of Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Um, Alan Horton, who does the play-by-play for on radio for the Minnesota Timberwolves. i got a lot of questions for him. I think this is the perfect person to talk about that Minnesota Timberwolves team. What's kind of the vibe in their locker room? What's happened between yesterday when everything went down to where they're sitting today? He's going to join us next. Uh, Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, Lakers uh, taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow. Tip-off's going to be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game will start at 5.30. They'll have a game in the Eastern Conference as well. I think it's Atlanta in Miami. So we'll be uh, game two of that uh, doubleheader on TNT. Obviously, listen to all our coverage here on 710 ESPN. Um, I want to welcome in the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on the uh, radio broadcast. Uh, Alan Horan takes some time to join us. Um, Alan, first off, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. I know we did this a lot during the pregame. Um, uh, before games, and it, man, it's kind of a fascinating matchup, and I, I wish we could kind of talk more about the basketball side of things, but there's so many side stories to the Timberwolves. Can you just <laughs> help as best clarify what happened in the last 24 hours with the T-Wolves? That was probably the most surreal game I've ever broadcast, and I've been calling Timberwolves games for 16 years. Um, you know, so the, the Wolves have been playing big, just like the Lakers have. They've been playing big games for weeks now, almost months, to try to stay um, to stay afloat in their in their chase for the postseason. And so it kind of culminated. Every single next game is the biggest game. And so Sunday was the biggest game. You didn't want to be stuck in a nine ten matchup. You want to give yourself as many chances as you can. Uh, you want to get in that eight spot, even though you have to go on the road and likely play the Lakers. And so it was a big game. And that first half was just. Um, you know, the Timberwolves had not played well at home and things weren't going their way. Frustrations were starting to build. Um, Jaden McDaniels, who's who's a lot of people feel is going to make one of these all-defensive teams. He's been that mm. good in his third year, a really breakout season. And he played the opening nine minutes and then we didn't see him again. And turns out somewhere in that first half, he got frustrated when he came off the floor. I think it was when he came off after nine minutes and had two fouls. 
and he went back up into the tunnel and he and he swung and punched a wall. He didn't know there was a wall. It was a tarp there, but behind the tarp was a wall. Oh, geez. So he punches it in frustration and he breaks his hand. So he's out for obviously the rest of the game and he's out for the season. He's got a broken right hand. This is an all defensive type player that that's not available in the most crucial game of the season. And then late in the second quarter, tempers flare during a timeout and Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson get into it. They're kind of a little war of words across a timeout. One's on one side, one's on the other. And then uh, Kyle must have said something there that really ticked him off. Um, reports have it that they, they use the B word. Um, we'll keep it clean on the radio tonight. And, uh, you know, Rudy reached across and punched, didn't punch him in the head, but punched him in the chest. And you just don't, you know, that we, we've all seen a lot of basketball in our, in our, in our lives. And uh, you don't see that very often. And that was, it was got pretty heated. Kyle had to be pulled back from going after Rudy. Torian Prince jumped off the bench. He shoved Rudy. Uh, there were multiple people that looked like they were pretty ticked off um, at Rudy's actions. And then Rudy, uh, I guess it was heated up in the locker room again um, after Rudy was sent back to the locker room. Then halftime came a couple of minutes later um, and, and it got heated again in the locker room. And so uh, Rudy's been suspended for a game and he was not with the team on the flight out here to L.A. He will not play tomorrow night and he'll serve his one game suspension and they'll try to move on from this thing. But just kind of a crazy, crazy game. And with all that happening, you come out in the second half without two of your starters in the most important game of the year, you're down by 14, and Carl Anthony Towns picks up his fourth foul uh, early in the third quarter. And it's just, there's nobody, that, you know, your regular rotation is already spent. Nas Reed is out. Rudy Gobert is out. Jaden McDaniels is out. Um, you've already shortened the rotation here down the stretch. You know, and when teams need to win games, you, you kind of shorten that bench a little bit. Uh, and then the Wolves just kind of came together, and, and Cat was able to play through the foul difficulty. Anthony Edwards had a monster game. Um, and the Wolves came up with a really big win. They really gelled. The crowd got into it. It was a really turned into a really fun second half. So that's a very long-winded answer, uh, but it felt like uh, that that game kind of deserved it because it was one of the stranger games I've ever seen. No, it's a great. It's a great. Uh, it's as good as insight. I, I think we could get on this. You're obviously there for all the games. You travel with the team. Um, I, it's it's funny because Hori and I. I I think that's not talked about enough there was so much chaos going on and they were down double digits that they actually came back and won that game that doesn't that doesn't usually happen when you have two players going at it when you have what Jaden McDaniels did he takes himself out of the game when you're already down double digits when it's the most important game of the year for both of those teams you don't usually come back I want to just before has has Jaden McDaniels talked at all? I mean, has there been any explanation, or did he not talk yesterday? Uh, no, I don't believe he talked. And so uh, he is with the team, so he's going to be supporting them on the sideline. Uh, he did fly with us to L.A., so he hasn't really talked. I, I think I think what has been said for him, basically, it was a, it was a moment of immaturity, and he didn't realize that there was a wall behind this, this tarp that was covering the um, – you know, the tunnel that goes back towards the locker room. And so, um, you know, it, he wasn't trying to punch a wall and try to do damage to a wall because walls are undefeated. You know, they always sure. say Father Time's yep. undefeated. So are yep. walls, man. You can't punch walls. And we see this all the time in uh, a variety of different sports, right? Like a pitcher. I feel like pitchers get frustrated and they punch uh, walls or something with their pitching hand. Always a big mistake. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good lesson for all the kids out there. Just don't punch walls. It's, it's never going to end well. Wasn't it Gus Farrat that head headbutted a wall? 
I think it was Gus ah, Farad that did it. Took himself out. It was um, somebody. Yeah, you just had no. You had butted a uh, even a pad. That's the that's even a padded one. That's uh, in yep. the end zone, right? Covering this up against the stands. No, never go head first in anything either. That's not <laughs> that's not smart either. Horrid. If uh, our listeners take anything away tonight, it's leave. Walk yeah, away from totally. the wall. Walk away. Yep. You know, don't don't away. let the wall. <laughs> don't let the wall. Egg you on exactly. Um, okay, uh, on the go bear thing, and then we can actually get into the basketball stuff. You surprised? I thought um, I thought this might be one of those. Hey, we're going to handle it internally, and then whatever they handled internally, Gobert was going to be on a flight to LA for this game tomorrow, uh, just because it's not a you know a regular game or anything. You surprised yeah. that it's a one game suspension? I, I actually wasn't, um, even though um, taking the circumstances into account. Like, if it's a regular season game, yeah, you're right. That, that doesn't mean the same as if it's for a play-in game or a playoff game. But I think it was that important. I think it was. I think that speaks to how the entire team felt about the incident and about Rudy's reaction and actions. Um, I think that's that that probably speaks volumes about why the coaching staff in the front office led by Tim Conley, who came in from Denver uh, last year, um, made the decision they did to suspend him for a game. And, it's, and it could be really costly for the Wolves because it probably, you know, it makes them a shorthanded uh, situation, especially with Nas Reed being out. And we talked about Jaden McDaniels. Um, you know, those are, those are probably, you know, three of your top seven players that you're now without. So it's a big decision. It's a, it could be a costly decision, but I think, I think if you're going to set the right tone, set the right message, um, you, you've got to hold people accountable. I, I think that's just something that needs to happen in everyday life from, from our leaders all the way down to our sports teams. You've got to have accountability. And I think um, um, hopefully you come out of this in a better place. And, and we'll find out about that after this game, whether the Wolves are playing again on Friday at home in the, uh, in the second play-in game or if they make it and they beat the Lakers and move on to the postseason. We'll see how the Wolves respond from this. Uh, Alan Horan, taking some time. He's the radio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Take some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. So for the actual game, um, minus Gobert, minus McDaniels, minus Nas Reed, who you know maybe a, a lot of people don't know too much about him, but uh, we've talked about him a couple times, and you've said on a few different yeah. occasions what a big piece he was for the Timberwolves. Going into tomorrow's game, what is, you think, the strategy? There's a small, you know, we saw some stats going around today. Hey, without Gobert, this is what the Minnesota Timberwolves have, how many, what's their winning percentage versus when he is there. Um, but it was a super small sample size. If the Minnesota Timberwolves make a game out of tomorrow, what do they have to do against the Lakers? I think they have to kind of duplicate what they did in the second half against New Orleans on Sunday. They've just got to come together as a group, play as one, um, and defend like hell. That's that's kind of the recipe they had against Brandon Ingram in New Orleans um, on on Sunday. I guess that was yesterday. Feels like it feels like longer ago, but <laughs> they they finally figured things out in the second half, and they got down to just you know sometimes you kind of come together as a group when there's only just five or six of you available, um, and that's basically where the Wolves are. Maybe it goes seven uh, with Jordan McLaughlin and Nikhil Alexander Walker contributing. Um, a little bit here and there, but you, you get down to your bare bones group, and sometimes you just come together. And the defense, I thought, was sensational in the second half, one of their best efforts of the season. Um, and yeah, there there are tons of different. Um, the problem with the, looking at the you know with Gobert without Gobert, they're so the, those games are so fragmented, and they're also 
Some of them were, uh, most of them were without Carl Anthony Towns even in the lineup. And, and there's so been so many, just like the Lakers have gone through with guys having absences, whether it's LeBron, whether it's, um, whether it's whether it's AD, whether making deals at the trade deadline, your team's completely remade. It's hard to kind of, you know, even after a, a big sample size like 82 games, um, some of the stats don't real truly uh, indicate how how well a team might or might not play. And so I, I just think all the Wolves have is what they did in the second half, and and the group that played in the second half, and the, and the likely starting lineup you're going to see tomorrow night with Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards, Torian Prince. Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert, they hadn't played a single minute together all season. Wow. In the second half, they started together. That was the first time this year. Now, of course, Mike Conley just came over at the trade deadline, so that automatically cuts the season down by, what, two-thirds. But still, they hadn't played a single minute together, and they played 12 minutes in that second half, 12 of the 24 minutes, and they were plus eight on the floor and um, turned that game around. So um, it's it, they just kind of figured things out on the fly, and they just got some guys that got after it and uh, came together as a group. And I, I just think that's the same kind of mentality they're going to have to have tomorrow night. The Lakers finished off the season eighteen and eight, and that was uh, predominantly just kind of right around where the trade deadline happened and kind of getting their group together eighteen and eight since uh, all these guys started playing, and that's with. Braun missing 13 games. AD missed a couple back-to-backs. D'Angelo mm-hmm. really been in and out of the lineup as well. He missed eight or nine games or so. Um, what what concerns you most? Where do you think the Lakers have their biggest advantages tomorrow? And it's you know kind of takes me back to that game that we had a week and a half ago in Minnesota yeah. where the Lakers looked like they were getting outplayed. And Minnesota built yep. a 13-point lead. It was really awkward. It was the moment Anthony Davis went down – with his yep, ankle injury, that the game completely changed. But what what are what what are you kind of looking for based off of what you've already seen from the Lakers? What you saw a week and a half, you think is the biggest advantage for the Lake Show? Yeah, I think uh, his name is Anthony Davis. That um, the way he's played down the stretch has just been, uh, I think, has carried that team. And that's saying something because you've got uh, the you know the Hall of Famer in, in LeBron James and the NBA's all time leading scorer. This is taking nothing away from him, but I think AD has just played. He's played sensationally, and this is the type of basketball that I guess maybe you saw during the championship run a couple of years ago, but haven't seen a whole lot of since. And so he, I just felt like, and you're right, that 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 game at Target Center a couple of weeks ago, just when he went down, it's almost as if the whole Timberwolves, and I'm sure all Laker fans were feeling this too. Oh no, there goes AD's out again. Mm-hmm. This is this is more of the same, unfortunately, of what we've seen with him continually being injured. But the Wolves didn't score like on two possessions when him still down on the floor. And the Lakers, I think, got a 5-0 run out of that somehow. Uh, it was a really weird swing. And then AD just pops back up and keeps playing. I don't think he even missed any time. There was a timeout. He comes right back in. And he was dominant. And so, um, to me, he's the biggest advantage. And so, when you look at that matchup of who's going to try to slow down AD, um, it, 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 you obviously the, the biggest person on the floor for the Wolves is going to be Carl Anthony Towns, and he has a really hard time staying out of foul difficulty. Um, yeah, he's only played 29 games this year, but he averages 3.9 fouls per game, mm-hmm. the highest rate in the NBA. Um, and, and that's been a problem for him through the years, too, because not only does he you know pick up one, two, three defensively, but he is prone to offensive fouls, which are just – which are really crucial because that just adds to his, you know, his foul woes and getting him into foul difficulty. Two in a first quarter, three in a second quarter, you know, a fourth in the third, and that just that that's something that can't happen tomorrow night. He's got to stay out of foul difficulty. 
Um, and that's going to be difficult with, with the way AD and LeBron and everybody attack the rim. I was, saw a stat today that what LeBron and, and, uh, and AD, uh, two of the rare guys on the same team to average more than 15 points a game in the paint. That's, that's 30 points combined from those two guys. And that's, uh, that's something that concerns, has got to concern the Wolves, especially without, without a lot of, you know, a lot of rim protection. Carl's not a great rim protector. Rudy was. Rudy's a deterrent inside. He's, he can be a factor in there. So that's, um, that's a big area of concern, I think, tomorrow night. Well, it would be fascinating. And I think, listen, Carl Anthony Towns, if he gets in foul trouble tomorrow, then I don't know what the weapons are for the Timberwolves. So that's obviously something to watch. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, that Carl Anthony Towns will try to get AD to come – get him out of the paint as well and have to guard him out at the perimeter and, and we'll see um, if that's a benefit to the Timberwolves. But Horn, I always appreciate the insight, buddy. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you down there and uh, thanks for uh, taking yeah. some time to uh, to chat. You got it, Alan. Anytime. It'll be fun tomorrow night. Always a great atmosphere and uh, hey, it's uh, it's not the postseason. I keep wanting to say it's the postseason. Let's play it. It's the play-in. It's not close. the postseason, but hey, it's close enough and it's. Uh, I think the play-in has done an amazing job, too, of um, yeah, there's been some tanking issues and stuff like that uh, the last couple of weeks of the season, but for the most part, it's created a whole lot of excitement. Um, and now you get to these games, which are very good. Now, this one won't be an elimination game, but it's close, and there's a lot on the line. 100% Horn. Thank you, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, okay? All right, Alan. Take care. All right, that's Alan Horn right there. Radio voice of the uh, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, well, that's the best uh, explanation I could get for our matchup uh, coming up tomorrow against the Timberwolves, and I think it's uh, helpful to kind of have a different perspective. I know we're always getting the Laker perspective, but um, it, it sounds like it's a tall task for the Timberwolves tomorrow. The the five that he's talking about, I mean, they really have no depth without three of their top seven players, like he mentioned, and that's the hole that the Timberwolves have dug, and the Lakers will try to take advantage of it. Final thoughts when we come back. Plus, I've got to spend a little time here. Um, Two things. Number one, the rest of the Western Conference. I want to talk a little bit about some of those matchups. Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis got some sound from them from practice uh, talking about the game tomorrow, so we'll play that. All that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. I appreciate uh, Alan Horn taking some time to join the show. Voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on radio. Um yeah, what, what a weird uh, – when we should be talking a lot about the game coming up tomorrow, we're talking about Rudy Gobert getting suspended. We're talking about um, Jaden McDaniels um, squaring up against the wall. Uh, still trying to figure that one out. Um, but that's the situation they put themselves in. Still impressive to see them come back yesterday against New Orleans and do what they did. Um, down double digits, out a couple of their guys. Nas Reed – is a good player for them as well. He's out. So there's uh, three guys that will not be a part of uh, tomorrow's game against the Lake Show. Uh, Lakers, take care of business. Stop playing with your food. One week they're playing with their food. Watching every one of these games. Frustrated watching against some of these matchups. But tomorrow's going to be different. Tomorrow's going to be a different vibe. Um, you know, it's going to be the first time that this team has they've had a lot of meaningful games they've had a most important game of the year so that part's not really going to change but this is the first time where all right hey here's we punch our ticket to the playoffs just handle this and oh by the way you get four days off four days off for the Lakers think about how this team has been grinding all season long and how helpful um, having that time off can be 
okay, I, I want you guys – I want to take a quick listen here. Here's Jared Vanderbilt. So today at practice, Vanderbilt was talking about just kind of the intensity of a playing game. You guys remember the Timberwolves. He was on Minnesota last year. They they were a part of the playing tournament and, um, and you know, punched their ticket for an opportunity in the playoffs – Take a listen here as he explains what tomorrow is going to be like and just talking about his experience in the playing. Uh, man, I'm excited. You know, obviously, you know, I got some history there. It's been my last, you know, two, three years there. So, um, you know, I got a lot of love and respect for those guys. But, um, you know, this is a golden opportunity for me. And, I, you know, uh, it's, it's, I'm super excited for it. Help as far as Oh, it helps a lot. You know, like I've been there, so I know, you know, what they like to get to. I know those guys personally, you know, their tendencies. So um, even just helping these guys with scouting and trying to, you know, figure out their game plan and how they operate, you know, um, it's just much easier, especially since I got a couple guys with me that's also been in that system and played with those guys. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's an advantage for sure. How intense was the playing game you guys played last year? How can that help you guys? Uh, it's super intense. It was almost like a, you know, Mars Madness type of feel. Like, you know, um, you know, when to go home, pretty much. That's how we viewed it. You know, obviously we had another opportunity and we did lose, but we treated it like it was a winner go home situation. So the atmosphere was crazy. Um, it was just super competitive. Everybody, you know, you know, really was just playing their heart out. And, and um, you know, from us, you know, being in there last year, we kind of know how it is and what to expect. Um, pretty much same situation. We were at home. We were the seventh seed, and uh, you know we went on to win and go play Memphis. So that's you know that's how we that's how we're doing it this year as well. So that was it's kind of like the same, same that, set, setup. That, that experience we hope you guys are coming on too. Oh, for sure. Like I said, you know, anytime um, you know we've been in that exact situation, so we know what it takes. Uh, some of our BBs and D'Lo, we kind of just know what it takes. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, just don't take this game lightly. You know, uh, don't look at it like we got an we got an extra game to play. If we lose, we can't look at it like that. We gotta look at it like that. We will lose this game. We're going home. Say it again. You're new to the franchise. Uh, I am. You know, obviously the fans have been great all year, but postseason is you know it's a different atmosphere. So I'm excited. Um, you know to even be in the playoffs, but to also just represent, you know, historic franchise like this. You know, they got so much history and uh, it means so much more here, you know, just winning and that, that culture, that atmosphere. So uh, I'm excited and, uh, you know, I can't wait. All right, solid interview from Jared Vanderbilt. I actually really enjoyed listening to that. I like his perspective. like him talking about the importance of the game. Um, it's going to be a fun night tomorrow. It really is. I think the place is going to be rocking. Laker fans are so thirsty for playoff basketball. I know it sounds funny to say it was just two and a half years ago they won a championship, but it was in Orlando. It's not even like anybody could support them. There was no parade. There was no nothing. It's just the world that we were in at that time. Um, now we get to get back to sold-out arenas and um, really want to see the Lakers punch their ticket tomorrow, handle business, move on, and get ready to go out to uh, to Memphis. Um, okay, um, we got a couple minutes here, so I'm going to try to uh, talk a little bit about this. Rest of the West. Um, Kings and the Warriors. Kind of going to be a fun matchup, to be honest with you. I really hope the Kings give them a run. I really, really do. I really hope the Sacramento Kings give the Golden State Warriors a run for their money. Um, my concerns with the Sacramento Kings, 
They don't got guys on that team that have a ton of experience in the postseason. We know that. Don't tell me Harrison Barnes. Been a long time. They've made the playoffs since 2006. And they don't play defense. So the two things that you feel like you need in the postseason, experience and getting stops, those are the two things that they don't do. But what the Sacramento Kings have done all season long, they've just consistently won games. They've consistently took care of their own business. I think that starting lineup, uh, they've played as much together as any starting lineup in the NBA, so that means health went their way. Um, I'm sure they're not crazy about the matchup. To get the Golden State Warriors in the first round, uh, Wiggins is going to be back. The Warriors kind of made sure they handled business. The Golden State Warriors are going to get some time off. They're the defending NBA champions, so that's going to be a tough matchup right there, I think, for the Sacramento Kings, but I hope this is a series. I really want this to be a series. Partially because if the Lakers are 7-2, they would be facing the winner of this series. Um, so you want want that to be a series. Clippers and the Suns, I don't know, man. I think this is just bad luck for the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers, there was a situation yesterday where if they lost that game, they would have ended up in the sixth spot. And they'd, they would have then had the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Yeah, I, I would have much rather, if I was the Clippers... Got the Golden or got the uh, got the Sacramento Kings and get the Phoenix Suns. I don't think this is going to be much of a series. I really don't. Without Paul George, um, it, it's just it's going to be incredibly difficult. And if you want Kawhi Leonard on one side to go give you thirty five and forty, then you want him to go on the other side and guard Kevin Durant. That's a tall, tall task. It's tough to see uh, you know, the Clippers really making too much noise. Which means if those series go as planned and uh, the Lakers take care of their business, how about the second round could be the Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets, and the Suns. Alright, I'm going to stop getting ahead of myself. Because then I do this and then uh, you know, I don't want to jinx anything. Lakers just got to take care of the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow. We know that. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning to the show tonight. Thank you to Alan Horn for being a part of the show. Thank you to Laura Romo, Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz, everybody in the back handling business. Um, if you want to listen, you could listen on the podcast. Just download the ESPN LA app. I'll be back on tomorrow. LA, as always, thank you and have a good rest of your night.